Welcome to the Gospel Centered Pro Life Podcast, a podcast designed to equip, encourage, and challenge you in pro life ministry and always with a focus on the gospel. Stay tuned. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Use me, Lord, use me, Lord. Welcome back to the Gospel Centered Pro Life Podcast. Appreciate you guys joining us. And we appreciate you guys listening to this podcast. We'd appreciate if you guys would share this podcast, this episode, and any of the other episodes that have been a blessing to you with other people. I want to mention, too, that we have set up um, a website, or at least a web page, where all of our podcasts hang out. We recently changed our web our um, podcast hosting to another um, hosting service, and it's really good because... You can actually go in onto this web page and you can do a keyword search for any keyword, any topic that you're, I don't know, you have questions about, and it'll go through all of our 122, 123 podcast episodes that we've done over the past couple of years. And it'll find um, in the title or in the body of the podcast, because it actually has a transcript of each of the podcasts that it, that it creates as the podcasts are put into that service. And so it'll search for, let's say you have questions about adoption as a keyword, like how do you mention adoption? You can put when to mention adoption. You can put the word adoption. You can put whatever keywords you want to into that web page, and it'll give you the podcast episodes and all of that, that that cover that subject or that mention that particular keyword, whatever that keyword might be. And you can just go to gospelcenteredprolife.com. And that will ultimately take you to that webpage, so gospelcenteredprolife.com. And uh, we hope it'll be a blessing. That was that was really created to help you guys who have questions about things that we cover and so that you don't have to dig through all of the episodes on iTunes or however, I mean, Google Podcasts or Spotify or whatever. You can just go onto that webpage. You can find which episode. If you want to listen to it on Spotify or whatever, you can certainly do that. But... Um, you can listen to it right off of that web page, and I believe you can even download them onto your phone or whatever directly off of that that um, web page as well. So that's something we put together for you guys to help just continue to encourage and equip you to do the ministry on the sidewalk. So um, we're going to cover, as we do oftentimes, a subject that kind of came across our radar as we were talking with local counselors. Vicki was talking with a local counselor in Charlotte. And uh, so, Vicki, introduce our, our topic real quick, if you will, please, and then we'll jump right into it. Sure. Uh, so we're going to talk about when you should describe graphically what happens in an abortion, when and if. I guess some people are probably yeah. wondering, should you ever do that? So if you should, first of all, um, rationale for that. When you should, if you choose to describe in detail an abortion and then how yeah you would describe it so you you have to sadly have a a pretty good knowledge of what happens in the various types yeah. of of abortions yeah. and the the topic was um came up when we had a mom we basically tried everything with and we're going to go over that in a little bit more depth but um and and I suggested to one of our counselors maybe it's time to in gruesome detail let this woman know what's going to happen to that baby because yeah. she was a uh, second trimester abortion. And, um, and the counselor said, you know, I, I don't feel really comfortable doing that. She just really wasn't well-versed yet in what actually happens in uh, specifically a surgical abortion, because we knew that that was what was going to happen during yeah. for that child. And so I got on the microphone and, and described it. And um, there was, all of the loud, noisy, raucous, lying <laughs> pro-abortion group were silent, just yeah. silent. And we all got this sense. It was like there was this very somber silence that fell over the place. And we realized, you know, we probably maybe don't even do this enough because this is the truth. This is the truth of what's going to happen 
to, to these babies. And these moms need to know because they are not being told. And most of them don't know. And in fact, neither do, I believe, many of the uh, so-called pro-choice people. Yeah. So yeah. we decided we, we really needed to inform anyone that maybe is not aware of what happens. They need to know what happens in an abortion yeah. as well as when to use it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important that just in general that we know what happens in an abortion so that we're informed of what we're dealing with. Right. We need to right. know we need to be well informed. And of course, we have it in our pamphlets, the little pamphlets that we hand out at the abortion center. Hope mm -hmm. is here pamphlets. And, um, you know, I think it's important that if you're going to hand something out that you've read what you're handing out and that you're well versed right. in what's inside of that. Now, it doesn't get into graphic details, it gets into some detail about what happens in those abortion procedures. And it breaks down like the medical abortion, first trimester, second trimester, third trimester abortions and the procedures that are involved in that. And so it's helpful that you have the information, especially, again, if you're going to hand out that information. And I want to say, too, that, you, you know, we don't want to come out of the gate talking about the abortion procedures right. and how gruesome they are. Right. And the reason why is because we want to try to build a relationship with that woman. We don't want to just immediately shut the conversation down, gross her out with what she's doing. And she kind of shuts down in her mind when she hears this graphic reality of what's happening inside of there. But we have our three talking points, right? Right. What God says, what God says about the baby, about the mom, the humanity of the baby, describing you know, fetal development and all of that. Heart begins to beat at 16, 17 to 21 days after conception. And then, of course, the resources that are available. So those are, those are our three main talking points. We stick to those as much as we can. But there is a time when it's appropriate to get outside of that framework, certainly. And when you've kind of thrown everything at them as far as these three talking points are concerned, and there's a lot that's included in those three talking points. Mm -hmm. It's a framework, really, of, of points that we touch on. But there's a lot that can be said even within that framework. But there are some things outside of that framework, and talking about abortion procedures is one of those things. And I think this can actually be a very effective way to help really awaken the conscience of the woman as you're talking to her. And I've done it talking to the men as well. Right. I'll ask them as, if they come out on the sidewalk or whatever, if they stop in, in their vehicle to talk. I'll ask them, how far along is she? I'll just go right for it. How far along is your girlfriend? And then, do you know what's going to happen to your baby? And I, I do want to make sure and personalize that, right? I don't want to say something like, you know what happens to babies in procedures? Or, you know what's going to happen to her baby? No, I want to make it personal for him as a man. And if, if I'm talking to a woman, I want to make it personal. Do you know what's going to happen to your baby? I might even say, you know what's going to happen to your son or daughter that you carry in your womb? Do you know what's going to happen to your son or daughter that she carries in her womb? And then, of course, I'll, I'll break down if I know that she's if he says you know, she's nine weeks along or whatever, I'll take his word for it. And I'll begin to describe, do you know, if she's going to take the abortion pill. A lot of times they don't know, but I found that they will actually say, well, she's taking the pill because it, it almost kind of like in their mind minimizes it. It's not really an abortion. And even some some Christians, some pro-lifers, especially people that are new to this kind of view it that that way, that surgical abortions are real abortions. Abortion pills are not. And we're going to talk about that toward the end of this article a little right. bit, breaking down that, because a medical abortion, the abortion pill procedure is just as much an abortion. And I will say that it's just as much an abortion as a surgical abortion, and in some ways can be a little more graphic. Right. If you guys have seen uh, the unplanned movie, there's a whole scene in there, and we're going to give you a few in the article. We're going to give you a few links, and I think maybe, Vicki, we should link that article as well, or that that uh, YouTube video in this article as well, right. yeah. where it's a scene in unplanned where the person who portrays Abby Johnson actually goes through an abortion pill procedure. She's in the bathroom blood all over the place after the abortion pill procedure is completed. And we've done numerous episodes. Go on gospelcenterprolife.com and search abortion pill, and you'll find a couple of episodes we've done, and we've talked about this um, a couple of different times. Um, but anyway, I guess I kind of rabbit-trailed and, and ran through the article in, in some ways a little earlier than, than we intended to touch on certain things. But we're going to put some videos into the show notes or at least into the article that was written as a framework for this episode. And I want you guys to watch those videos. They're graphic. I get it. 
But I think we need to sometimes refresh our hearts and minds of what we're actually dealing with. To just have our hearts broken afresh, I think, is really helpful. And then, again, we can help these women to see what they're about to do. And, and again, I think there's an appropriate time for that. And, you know, I would say just, again, as kind of a little, maybe a little bit of a rabbit trail, I think it'd be good to get these links out of the article and to save them in a note on your phone. If you're ministering out on the sidewalk and you get to the point where you think that it's appropriate to share these things, you can actually show them if they're willing to watch it, a video. And these there's, there's a longer video that explains all of them together. And then there's a breakdown of the different, you know, medical abortion, first trimester, second, third trimester. So there's, it's in one kind of stream of videos, and then they even break it down. It's live action that does it, break it down into like, I think it's three or four minute videos for each procedure. And yeah. so I would have those on my phone. You can search it really easily, go on YouTube and search live action abortion procedures, and you can find it pretty easily. But with all of that said, Vicki, let's let's jump into the article. If I didn't yeah. kind of well, derail I, everything. I think there's probably people listening already that are saying, I'm never going to do that. I said that yeah. about the graphic signs. Never going to look at, never going to show those. I'm I'm not going to use shock value to um, to to get someone not to kill their baby. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, as I was praying and thinking about this article in the aftermath of when I I've talked about this often, actually, on, on the mic, but not in a while at, at the abortion center. Um, and when I did this most recent time, I started crying going through it. And it, it made me realize, you know, I probably uh, don't do this enough because yeah. if it causes this uh, strong a response in me who knows this information, it really could be a turning point for the women going in there who have maybe never heard it. But one of the verses that it, it happened to be in my Bible study at the, the time that I was re researching for this article is Ezekiel 33, 6. And I think okay. it's such an important verse in terms of maybe helping to us all to think about, should we be warning moms about what is going to happen to their baby, and should we do so graphically? And and so that verse, you, did you want to read it? Do you have that verse there? Yeah, yeah. It says, But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet to warn the people, and the sword comes and takes someone's life, that person's life will be taken because of their sin. But I will hold the watchman accountable for their blood. Yeah, uh, you know, so, the, you know, the a sword is coming. And yeah. Uh, and someone's life is going to be taken and we are called to warn them or their blood is on our hands is basically yeah. paraphrasing what what that is saying. And I guess people could argue about what that warning should be, but we are called to speak truth and yeah. the, even the word abortion muddies what the truth is. Abortion doesn't come close to describing what is actually going to take place. And of course, things like calling it choice or health care. I, I don't know what's happening throughout the nation, but I know at our facility, increasingly, the pro-choice people, the so-called pro-choice people are shouting out, this is normal. This is good. This yeah. is this is loving. This is right. Yeah. And uh, that cannot stand. I just right. have felt more and more strongly. We cannot let that lie stand. And yeah. we and we have to counter it. And the the best way to counter it is with truth. And I think graphic truth. We there is a world of difference between saying abortion is barbaric and saying your baby, your son or your daughter, a living member of your family is going to have their arms and legs ripped off while they are still alive without anesthesia. Yeah, there, there then they can conclude for themselves that this is barbaric. That it, yeah. that it is horrific. So I just, I, I believe very strongly it's important for us not only to show graphic images, but um, to be knowledgeable and to describe the, uh, the graphic reality 
of of what happens in an abortion. In fact, I think it was Ray Comfort who showed some of these videos that you're talking about, about what happens in an abortion. And people would change their minds on the spot about whether abortion should be legal, which shows the power of of that. I, I hope that that convinces people that, yes, this should be in your repertoire. Of, yeah. of things that you're going to talk about. And you alluded to already, Daniel, when to bring that into the discussion, but maybe just summarize when when would you, in general, bring up the graphic details of what happens in an abortion? Yeah. Now, I think it is good. You were talking about doing it on the microphone. Uh, everybody's scenario is, is a little bit different where the right. abortion centers in different cities are and because of the Rules, laws, things. Some people can't even use amplified sound. Some people can. Um, again, I don't, th- well, I'm confident that it's not the main theme of what we need to be saying. Right. As far as how graphic and how terrible abortion is in the sense of like describing graphic details. But I do think it can be very appropriate to share. Um, and I think on the microphone, Letting folks know what's about to happen to their baby can be a powerful way to do it. And I think, again, shutting the mouths of the pro-abortion people who tout that this is a woman's right to choose, they, they, they sanitize really what's happening by using the word abortion or using words like health care and things like that. And so when you get into describing, OK, this abortion thing, what is it actually? What are we actually talking about? It's it's an act of violence. I mean, even abortionists that perform abortions have admitted that abortion is an act of violence. And that's really what you're trying to get to Mm -hmm. that abortion is an act of violence. So I won't always describe the abortion procedures, but I will always, almost always say that abortion is not healthcare. Abortion is an act of violence that you commit against your own baby. That's a, that's actually a common phrase that I use. Yeah. And then I will get sometimes into describing the abortion procedures and um, and the abortion pill. Um, I think as far as, you know, as far as like a public declaration on a microphone or, or calling out, I don't know if I can say here's the perfect time to do that. I think when you've kind of given everything else, you've touched on those three talking points, then, yeah, yeah go for it, you know. But again, I don't think it's the first thing a woman needs to hear as soon as she gets out of her vehicle or as soon as she you, you meet her walking up the sidewalk. I think the first thing is obviously letting her know that you, you're you a human being that acknowledges her humanity, that acknowledges the humanity of her baby, and talking about kind of around those three talking points. But when you're getting into a one-on-one conversation, as I described earlier, I do this when I'm talking to the men, even when I'm talking to the moms. When I get into more of an in-depth conversation, I guess – you know, for lack of a better term, I've thrown everything but the kitchen sink at them. Then I guess that is probably the kitchen sink. Do you know what's going to happen to your baby? And I will begin to describe it. And we even have uh, within some of our literature, we have a sticker of a baby that's a victim of abortion. And so I'll ask, can I show you what abortion looks like? And I'll open that up. And I think that some of you, if you don't have them, if you're ministering on the sidewalk, then you should reach out to um, the website is abortionno.org. I believe it's either abortionno.org or abortionno.com. It's CBR Center for Bioethical Reform. And they really kind of I mean, that's their ministry is to show the graphic images of abortions. They do it on college campuses. We did a podcast with some of their guys right. um, a while back. But they have these little cards. It's like a business card size, and you can get bigger ones as well. But you can order them. They're like ten cents a piece or something. I don't know. They're not. They're not much, but it shows. It depicts a, an abortion, and so it'll be a picture of a baby that's a victim of abortion at like eight weeks, nine weeks. They have it all through. You know, all all nine months of pregnancy, I believe. But I think it's appropriate to even have some of those on hand and to say, can I show you what an abortion looks like? And then to begin to describe those abortion procedures. Oftentimes what you're going to get is repulsion, right? They're, they're, yeah. they're not going to like what they're hearing. But you'd be surprised how much they'll actually listen to as you're describing these abortion procedures. And I believe you need to be intentional about doing it in not an accusatory way. we got to remember these women are in fear. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of lies that are being spoken to them. So we're not trying to come across as an accusatory way in a sense. We want to make sure our tone is one that's uh, a tone that sets the tone of um, 
kindness, gentleness, of course, but also forthrightness. Like we don't need to back away from the truth. I know you guys are, are getting from me almost in this in this podcast that, that I, I kind of tiptoe on eggshells in this. I don't. I'm not trying to convey that this is not important. I just do want to convey to you guys, I think more than anything, that this is not what we need to be yelling at the abortion center constantly. Don't go in there and dismember your baby and, and describe it. I just, I don't want us to be conveyed as the raven lunatics on the sidewalk that are always talking about, you know, dead babies and, and those procedures that they do inside of there. I think we need to be talking about Jesus. We need to be talking about those babies and their value. We need to be talking about those mothers and what God has provided for them. But again, if all of that sort of fails, then yeah, let's talk about the reality of what's going to happen inside of there in a way that's informative and does have some shock value to it. Yeah. Let's face it. There's some shock value in describing these things, and that shock value can be valuable. It can awaken their conscience to the truth. And for pro-abortion people, it can really tear down that whole lie, that whole it's just a blob of tissue, clump of cells. Like, if pro-choice people would watch the videos that we talked about, with Dr. Anthony Leventino kind of breaking down the abortion procedures that live action put out, it would dispel a lot of their false notions. And I think some of them would actually, they would have to admit that they've been wrong because they sanitize this thing by using terms like abortion and fetus and medical procedures and health, you know, reproductive health care and all that stuff. When in reality, we're talking about dismembering little human beings in their mother's womb. Right. I, I think thinking about the tone, uh, the what I object to is when I, I'm just hearing anger, um, just anger at, at the whole system. We all, I guess, have that, but that yeah. shouldn't be the tone of our voice. But I think that um, if, if your voice conveys compassion for that child, um, th- there is a difference and and I think it's important to keep your focus not on your anger at the parents or the abortionist or or the even the pro-choice people, but to to be filled with your voice filled with a compassion for what is going to happen to that baby. Yeah. And and I think then then it is maybe more easily received, because I think if that's really what is in your heart, that is conveyed. So yeah. um, so one of the things that. We have the benefit of as many of the abortion workers have left, including a couple of abortion managers in the areas where we work, where we minister. And so we have a lot of information from them, what they've told us about what made them leave, what they saw. And that's one of the things I will often speak about, which is what they observed. These people who saw it day in and day out, and there was something that even to their calloused hearts and eyes, there was a tipping point yeah. and what that tipping point was. And I can think of two specific things that for me just really stayed with me when these former workers described what they had seen. We're going to get into in just a, a minute about the procedure itself and what happens. But in one of them was a, an abortion clinic manager. And she was called in to assist with with the abortion at times. And she um, was then also involved in counting the baby parts, which you have to do to make sure all the baby is out of of the mother at the end. And she did that. She did that many times. But there was one time where the baby's eyeball floated by all by itself, an intact eyeball in that dish. And she said there was something about that, that sight, that was what did it for her. She just, yeah. she realized, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. And and just that visual, as even as I said that, my eyes teared up. The visual yeah. of what it took for an intact eyeball to be removed from a living child. Yeah. Um, then the second thing that really struck me, this was, I don't think this was an abortion manager. She was, she was a nurse or a technician that served in the abortion room. And when she left, she was very traumatized. I would say she definitely had post-traumatic uh, syndrome, stress syndrome, yeah. and, um, and did end up having a lot of counseling and help. But I, I asked her um, what, 
what made you leave? And she said, it wasn't so much what I saw. It was the sounds, and which yeah. made no sense to me. And I, I said, the sounds, what, what do you mean? And she said, when the abortionist would rip the limb from the baby's body, there would be an audible pop as the joint um, was destroyed, as the limb was pulled out of the joint. Yeah. And, um, and hearing that again, again, makes me want to cry just thinking of that. And I remember, maybe it was Dr. Levantino, someone saying an abortionist has to be strong. It's not easy to rip apart a living child. So yeah. you say things like that. It just hits you in your gut. And they, I, we haven't even started describing the procedure. But, um, uh, you know, I, I think it's valuable to know what the abortion workers themselves have, have said are the, the terrible things that they've, that they've seen. Yeah. So, um, so maybe we one – one of the things that is also um, – important to convey. And in the article um, that we'll be putting out, we will have a link to another article where it talks about some of the dangers to the woman, particularly um, in that article, it talked mostly about surgical abortion. I think, Daniel, maybe yeah. later on, you're going to talk about the pill abortion and some of the dangers with that. But um, one of them, there is a, a huge risk of um, I don't know, huge risk. Uh, let's see, I actually have it down. In this article, it said 0.32% of, of women um, have uterine perforation as a risk. And the reason for that is most abortions are blind, which means they are not ultrasound guided. In a surgical abortion, in most cases, the abortionist is going in blindly in, into the woman with that, uh, a tool called a sofa clamp, which is kind of like a, I don't know, a, um, a forceps with yeah. sharp, sharp metal teeth. And he's going to just blindly reach around until he hits something hard, which is the baby. You yeah. know, it might be a hand, a foot, an arm or a leg, but he could also hit the uterus, uh, because there's no ultrasound guiding where that tool is going. Um, so the woman, the woman can be damaged if any of the baby parts are left in there. Uh, yeah. The risk of infection: one in 125 women has a a dangerous infection following a surgical abortion. Um, there's increased risk of premature birth in subsequent pregnancies, and that that's a pretty big risk. Again, one in 23 women. So those no. are not insignificant risks no. Of, no, no, of, of the abortion. So they, um, these two um, uh, videos that you talked about are, are really good. We're going to link them of Dr. Leventino describing what happens in, in a surgical abortion. And that, that's where we'll, we'll start. Um, I've already started kind of, Describing that he goes in the the cervix is softened. Yeah, um, he goes in with a this sofer clamp and other tools, but the sofer clamp um, it can both grab and hang on tightly, and it's not going to let go. And also the the teeth are sharp, so it's also piercing and severing. As yeah. and and so he goes in there, grabs whatever he finds, clamps, twists, and literally rips off. A, a piece of the baby and yeah. um and then does that over and over again until the um the baby has been removed depending upon the and the baby is living i don't know how long the baby lives in the video it makes it look like the baby lives um it's a kind of cartoony video but i assume yeah. it's based on what he knows is the truth and it looks like the baby lives at least through that first limb being ripped off and possibly through the second, um, it, probably excruciating pain. We we definitely yeah. there's no doubt a baby at 20 weeks feels pain. Probably earlier than that, they certainly respond to touch at eight weeks. Yeah. But um, because you know sometimes you will hear the pro-choice crowd say that there 
the cortex isn't fully developed, and so the baby can't possibly feel pain. But that's a misunderstanding of neurology, which I studied. I was an occupational therapist um, my first career. And the cortex actually has an inhibitory effect. It dampens our sensory input. That's one of the main roles of the cortex. So the cor- when the cortex is fully developed, it actually decreases the impact of pain. Because otherwise, the just the the pain would be so excruciating that we would go into shock. But when yeah. there's no cortex yet fully developed, the pain is exaggerated. So this baby probably feels pain to an unimaginable degree, uh, depending on the age of the child. Um, but then because the skull, depending again on the age of the unborn baby... The skull is hard. It has already calcified, and it cannot be pulled through the cervix. And so the abortionist with that sofa clamp goes in and crushes the skull and and then removes the, the shards of the skull. And a, a milky white fluid comes out. That's, that's the brains coming out yeah. from the woman. And what I read is when that skull is crushed, again, there's a danger of a perforated uterus because those fragments are sharp. And they're either it can perforate the uterus, it can perforate the cervix, it can damage other organs. So, um, and then then the abortionist goes back in with a curette or suction, scrapes out anything that he might have missed, and all of these pieces are suctioned and collected in in a dish where then a technician or a nurse will um, put the pieces back together and and count and make sure that all the baby parts are out. And if they are, those all go into a medical waste bag. And um, and then in, at our facility, those bags are all collected at a certain time each week. A truck in our area called the Stericycle Truck will come and pick up this medical waste. And it uh, the irony of this never escapes me on the side of the truck is the Stericycle slogan, which is, we protect what matters. Yeah. And um and when when I have finished describing that in detail and like like you said I I it is a last resort. If I'm talking yeah. about that it's because I know there's someone in there um who's about to have a surgical abortion when I'm describing this. And and I know that we've tried everything else. Our three talking points their heart is so hard that I feel this is this is all that it, I have left anyway that I can think yeah. of to say. And I will often conclude with uh, with the sentence, should any civilized society condone this in any form? Yeah, of course, the answer is no. Right. And this is what you've just described, the graphic reality of what we're dealing with. Right. And even though it's not fun to talk about, and of course, as you're going through and describing all of that stuff, it's just so, so gruesome. Yeah. But it is the gruesome reality of what's going on in those buildings. Right. And, you know, we, we, we shouldn't shy away from that. It's it's a I mean, we think about it, go back to what happened in the days of Nazi Germany and really describing how they gassed Jews. They called them non-human, just like we do in our society for these unborn children. Right. And, of course, the graphic nature of what they did in that. That needs to be described. It needs to be explained to modern society so that we can stop the the wickedness that we're involved in. Yeah. The same way, like in the days of slavery and the graphic things that were done to the Africans that were brought over here and others who were brought over here to this country and then other countries around the world that have been involved in slavery. It's like human beings are treated like Less than human. They're treated like, in this case, describing these procedures, treated like medical waste. Exactly. And thrown away as garbage. Right. And that's a that's a gross reality that needs to be shared. I think it needs to be shared in a big picture way with society at large. But I do think also with the mothers and with the fathers that this needs to be shared. Yeah. And it needs to be personalized in the sense that I explained earlier. Like I'm talking to a young man. I'm going to explain to him. This is what's going to happen to your son or your daughter. And uh, in the same way, these these mothers, this is what's going to happen. This is what you're going to be doing to your son, to your daughter. Would you want to do that to your baby? And, of course, the reality is 
people can accuse us of, again, being over the top and just, you know, trying to use the shock factor or whatever. But you can go on Google very easily and find out what an abortion procedure entails. You can go on Google very easily and find out fetal development. Does my baby at nine weeks have arms and legs? What does an abortion do at nine weeks? And the fact is that these women, if they have the abortion, many of them are going to find out the graphic reality of abortion. Their conscience is going to be bothering them. They're going to be wondering, did I really do what I think I did? Did I really kill a baby? Or was it just a blob of tissue or a clump of cells? They're going to go on Google and they're going to find out. This is something that I will say on the microphone as I'm describing these abortion procedures. I'll say something to the effect of you might not like what you're hearing. But the fact is that you're going to find out the truth about abortion at some point. Our heart, our desire is that you find out about abortion, about what you're about to do to your baby before you do it. And based on that truth, you turn away from it because the Bible says the truth will set you free. Right. Um, because, they're, again, they're going to come face to face with the reality of abortion. They might come face to face with that reality on Google or, gosh, the worst thing, they come face to face with that reality when they stand before God and they give an account for what they've done. So our heart, our desire is not just to gross them out and not to just come across as some kind of, you know, people bringing the shock factor. Whatever our heart is to share the truth in hopes that that truth will turn them away from what they're about to do. So they don't have to face that reality. That's right. Yeah. To, to convict their hearts of, of what actually happens. And of course you can't do that if you don't know. And I, I even just watching the video, which I've seen many, many times, and it's not even a real baby. It's, it's a depiction, you know, it's almost cartoony, like I said, but even with that, it it just it's horrifying. It's so horrifying. Yeah. So it's not pleasant, but it is very important that anyone involved in pro life ministry understand what happens and be able to yeah. knowledgeably speak about what happens. So Daniel, what happens then is is a pill any better? We hear over and over them saying, Yeah, a pill's just fine. Here's here's one thing that I I want to try to mention as often as I can actually, because I see a lot of times people on the sidewalks even conflating the abortion pill with the morning after pill. Right. And so some people might even say, well, the abortion center in our city, they don't, they don't do real abortions. They only do the pill. And they equate that because they say it's like the morning after pill, but it's not. The abortion pill and the morning after pill are two completely different things. The morning after pill someone would take if they think they had, if they had unprotected sex and they're afraid they might get pregnant. It actually primarily keeps the mother from conceiving a child or keeps the woman from conceiving a baby. That's a primary function. It could be abortive. It could be a abortifacient. Is that, is that the yes. word? Yeah, it could, it, it could be. Um, but that's not the primary way it works. And it's not always matter of fact, it's, it's probably not even often an abortion. It just keeps her from conceiving. So that's right. one thing. The abortion pill procedure though, is always an abortion. It's always killing a conceived child because typically the abortion pill will be administered if a woman chooses that procedure between five and 10 weeks. Normally, they don't do an abortion pill procedure after 10 weeks because there's some further complications that can that can happen. And I I don't think it's even been FDA approved past 10 weeks, at least the last that I that I knew. And most of the abortion centers that do the abortion pill only, like, like a lot of Planned Parenthoods here in Southern California, do the abortion pill only, I think, um, well, across the nation. Planned Parenthoods and, and other abortion centers that do the abortion pill only, only do abortions up to 10 weeks. Mm-hmm. But the abortion pill procedure, and again, we've done podcasts about this, so please take advantage of those. Be knowledgeable about this. The abortion pill procedure is just as much an abortion as a surgical abortion. So let's just be clear about that. If the abortion center down the road from your house or near your church only does the abortion pill, they are still killing babies. Okay. It's not, it's not now maybe in our minds and with our human sensitivities, it's a little less graphic maybe because it's not actually dismembering a baby because very early along, even at six weeks, five weeks, if they do a surgical abortion, they do a suction aspiration abortion where the baby is sucked through a, um, to a cannula in essence, sucked through a vacuum tube and, you know, its little body is put into a a Petri dish being kind of just ground up through that suction. Um, That's a dismemberment abortion. That baby's being dismembered. He or she's very small. 
And so we even might think of that as being a little less graphic because they're not actually taking forceps and dismembering the baby. But the reality is, if we believe life begins at conception and we believe that every human being is valuable from conception to natural death, right? And we believe that Mm -hmm. being pro-life, right? Um, Then whether they're, no matter what the procedure is and no matter how far along the baby is, it's still an act of violence and it's still wrong and it's still sin. And we still need to be speaking against it. So again, if they only do the abortion pill where... You know, in your city, they're still killing children inside of that place. Right. And sadly, this is I, I, I know it's a California phenomenon, and I'm sure it is in, in many of the places, many of the states here on the West Coast. And I'm sure some Midwest states and maybe even um, I'm sure up in New York as well, where you can actually a woman can actually get the abortion pill through telemed where she didn't even have to see a doctor. She didn't even have to have an ultrasound. She can just say, hey, I'm this far along, and she can take the abortion pills and do that whole thing at home. And that's dangerous. Dr. Matt talked about that in our last podcast several months ago about the abortion pill. But I'm just I'm going to describe, if that's okay, Vicki, what the abortion pill entails. Yes. And, uh, and just really, I'll talk a little bit about the risks, but just to kind of help you guys to understand the graphic nature of the abortion pill. And I mentioned earlier, there's a video out there from the unplanned movie. There's a segment of that whole movie you can find on YouTube. I think you can just search unplanned abortion pill and, and you'll find a video. I think it's three or four minutes long. I'll even try to again, link it in this article or in the show notes of the podcast, but the abortion pill works. It's actually not one pill. It's actually two medications. So that's why I would say it's the abortion pill procedure, because it's the procedure, not just one pill. So it's not like they go into the abortion center, they take a pill and they go on. Right. right. And some people imagine this is what the pro-abortion people in the abortion industry wants us to, to believe that that's what it is. You just take a pill, your baby disappears, you go on with your life. Your problems disappear, you go on with your life. You have a regular period somehow, and it's no big deal. Yeah. Right. right yeah. yeah. So it, it sanitizes the whole thing. But yeah. the reality is it's much more graphic than that. Yeah. And it's much more involved than that. It's not that you take the pill, the baby kind of just dissolves, the pregnancy, the product of conception dissolves, and you go on with your life. No, they give them a medication inside the abortion clinic, typically is how it works. Mm -hmm. They'll go into the abortion clinic. They'll typically get an ultrasound to make sure they're 10 weeks or before so they can actually do the abortion pill. And then they give them a medication called Mifepristone, or Mifeprex is the brand name. I'm sure there's generic versions now. But they'll give them that medication inside, and that's the medic inside the abortion center, and that's the medication that actually will kill the baby. So I won't get into all the details because Dr. Matt explains it in that podcast about it, but it basically cuts off the flow of blood, oxygen, and nutrients that the baby needs to stay alive. The baby, you know, the placenta is attached to the uterine wall that ultimately gets nutrients from the mother's body and gives that nutrients to the baby's body. That placenta is detached from the uterine wall, and the baby, in essence, dies of, of, not having the nutrients and the oxygen that he or she needs to survive. And then, so the mother will take that, the effects of that medication, mifepristone take place in 24 to 48 hours. It takes some time for that medication to take an effect. Meanwhile, that woman is sent home and she's told to take the next medication, misopristol or Cytotec is the brand name. And it's a medication that will put her into labor. But, of course, in an early pregnancy like that, and the the medication they gave her at the abortion clinic killed the child. In essence, what's happening is they put her into labor with that Cytotec that she takes at home, and she delivers that dead baby oftentimes in the toilet um, or sometimes even in the bathtub as she's trying to relieve herself of the the pain that comes because that medication actually caused causes contractions and all that. So sometimes Strong the woman contractions. Will sit, yeah. Sometimes yeah. a woman will be sitting in a warm bath and the baby will, will be delivered that way. Yeah. Of course, at that point, oftentimes that baby's dead. Yeah. And of course, if you see that video from the unplanned movie and the abortion pill procedure being played out in the bathroom there, there's blood everywhere and digging into Planned Parenthood's um, and the the abortion industry's fine print on the abortion pill procedure, if you read their fine print, and this is on Planned Parenthood's website, you'll see that one out of 500 women that go through with the abortion pill procedure will require a blood transfusion. So they're going to lose a lot of blood. They tell the women, because we've heard this oftentimes, it's going to be like a menstrual cycle. It's not going to be you know, that big a deal. Whenever actually on Planned Parenthood's website, I think they say, 
I may get this a little wrong. You guys can dig into it. Maybe I'll even link that in this um, in this article if we can do that. But they say that the woman could pass golf ball size blood clots mm-hmm. as she's going through with this abortion pill procedure. Now, of course, you know, I've talked a lot about how it affects the mother. But, of course, you talked a little bit again about how it affects the baby. That baby is basically starved to death. Mm-hmm. That child at very early, you know, 10 weeks. You can already tell, of course, it's a baby, arms, legs, fingers, and toes, and all that stuff. That baby's already moving around, very small, but it's, it's a baby. And all the nutrients, all the things, the baby's in essence starved to death or suffocated because he or she's not getting the blood, oxygen, and nutrients that they need to stay alive. And so it's an act of violence. Again, it's not any less an abortion as a surgical abortion. It's just oftentimes completed at home. And so I will lay that whole thing out. What I just laid out for you guys, I'll lay that out for the mom if I have the opportunity. I'll lay that out for the dad. And I'll say something at kind of at the end of that, you know, that stream of thought is, do you want that to happen to your baby? Right. And do you want that to happen to you? Or do you want that to happen to your girlfriend? Do you understand that there's risks involved? Do you understand that there are women that have died that have taken the abortion pill? Because there have been. One woman I know locally in Charlotte died from the abortion pill. She died actually because the doctor didn't do his due diligence in giving her an ultrasound and finding out actually that her baby was an ectopic pregnancy. And the abortion pill doesn't do anything for an ectopic pregnancy. Her fallopian tube ruptured and she died. So it wasn't a a direct result of the abortion pill itself, but it was, of course, the doctor's negligence and Doctors can be negligent, especially doctors that are paid to kill people's children for money. Right. And so anyway, laying all that out, being informed of all that stuff is really helpful. And if you know that, if you kind of go through like what we've just shared with you guys and you're knowledgeable about what the abortion procedures entail, then you're more knowledgeable than most of the so-called pro-choice people that support this stuff. If you have that knowledge and what we shared in this podcast, you've got more more knowledge than even some of the people that work inside the abortion clinic because they don't have a clue. They've been really lied. They've been really duped or they've duped themselves and numbed their own consciences, seared their own consciences to believe that this is just about a woman's body. And they, they are disconnected from the reality that there are two people to be considered in each of these abortion procedures. That, yes, the woman should be considered, but the baby is also to be considered. And that baby is not just some foreign object removed from her body, but it's actually a human being. Right. And that's why you have, like what you're talking about, these these abortion workers really shocked with, with the truth of what's going on. Yeah. And you think about it, just kind of as a side note, and I'll mention this too, that you have a woman who's believed the lies that the abortion industry has told her that her baby's just a blob of tissue or a clump of cells. That what she's going to go through with the abortion pill procedure, for example, is just like a menstrual cycle. She, she believes that. She goes in. She goes through with the abortion pill procedure. And like some women have, not not I don't even know the majority, but it has happened because we've heard of this. She's believed all of that stuff, that it's not a baby. And then she delivers this child at nine weeks, ten weeks into the toilet. And she looks into the toilet to see, you know, did she just pass a golf ball size Blood clot. I mean, what, obviously, you want to see what's going on there. She looks down and she sees a fully formed, intact baby that she killed. Yeah. Like, think about that. Yeah. She's been told it's a blob of tissue, a clump of cells, but she comes face to face with the reality of what she's done right there in her bathroom by herself, seeing her baby, her son or daughter, and of course, oftentimes flushing that baby down the toilet right. like waste. Right. What a grievous thing. What a grievous thing for her yeah. to, to really have been lied to and duped. And the people that are supposed to support her and, and telling her this is healthcare actually told her it was a blob of tissue and she sees it's a baby. And then, of course, for that, that, that baby, like what a grievous thing yeah. to have happened to her and to that baby. Yeah, I've, I've heard um, many pro-choice people try to defend all of this, particularly with the pill, because the baby's so much smaller early on yeah. saying, well, it's not sentient. The baby doesn't know that the baby's being starved or asphyxiated. And I just come right back with where else is a stronger person to prey upon a completely vulnerable little person? And it's okay. Because I think, again, it is so important to keep bringing 
everyone back to the fact this is a human being and it, it may not be fully developed. He or she may not be fully developed, but he or she is vulnerable. And we are, as, as um, civilized people, should protect the vulnerable, not contribute to their death because they can't defend yeah. themselves. Heavy subject, and and we know it is, and we're we're sorry for that. But um, but I think again to reiterate, saying that an abortion is barbaric is one thing, and most people will be able to just continue on into a clinic. But describing the barbar the barbaric nature of a of an abortion, blow by blow, is a completely different thing, and I think it really does. Uh, help someone to come more truthfully to grips with what they're doing. And yeah. once you have delivered that message, then your responsibility before God and, and for that child has, um, has been <sighs> properly done. And yeah. now it's up to God and that woman. And, and yeah. you are absolved of, of the, the guilt of that child's blood. Yeah, absolutely. We're called to speak the truth. Yeah. Of course, we're called to speak the truth in love, right? But we're called to speak the truth and uh, and let the Lord apply that truth. and Let the Lord in the heart of that mother change her heart and change her mind. And so, guys, um, this has been a heavy subject. This is not one of those podcasts where you end and it's like, you know, all joy and great, great stuff and great feelings, right? There's a heaviness and there should be a heaviness. Um, but we hope that this podcast has been equipping for you guys, and we hope that you've been challenged to uh, to be able to share the truth of what abortion does to those precious little babies with the moms, with the dads, when appropriate. And so we'd love for you guys to take advantage. We mentioned a few articles and a few um, videos. I would just set aside some time, guys, and do your due diligence and study this subject matter, even as difficult as it might be. Be praying through the whole thing and letting God <laughs> minister to your heart, because this is this is heavy stuff to be to be watching and to be listening to. But I do think it's worth it to be informed of what's going on inside of those places of death, and uh, even to have at your uh, your fingertips the videos to show the women going into the abortion center when appropriate. Yeah. But again, we hope this is equipping you guys. We encourage you guys, please reach out to us. If you have questions, other subjects you'd like for us to cover, you can reach me at Daniel at lovelife.org. You can reach her, Vicki at lovelife.org. We'd love to talk with you via email and answer any questions, encourage you as much as we were able to. And uh, with that, we'll wrap this thing up. And until next time, God bless. God bless you all. Nothing's too precious since I met you.